Hey everyone, this is Ron Johnson. This is Ron Johnson show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a loaded show today. Just Pete Versage. Pete Versage, Vikings analyst. He joined me in the Hangar Ron Johnson segment. Has a ton of nuggets. Also, Dalvin Cook is being recruited by a team that I said he should go to anyway. Who is that? We'll find out next on the Ron Johnson show. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. As I said, I'm out here in sunny, well, windy today, Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, for a little softball tournament. But we got to jump into this episode because Pete Versus drops a ton. I'm talking about a ton of nuggets with us in the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. But before we do that, remember this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to make every moment more. And I and I'm regretting not putting my. I'm in Colorado, so I can legally bet with FanDuel.com. And I should have bet on LSU, but LSU got mollywopped by Florida, and so I just didn't trust that LSU would come back. But they came back and mollywopped Florida. Uh, I think it was 18 to 4 LSU won, so I should have took the plus. I think it was like plus 246, plus 246 LSU over Florida. I should have did it. But for those who haven't done it, there's still a lot of MLB bets out there, people. So visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started today. And as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Maxstrom, Sam, we're going to make this quick, man. Like Dalvin Cook, and I said it, the Ron Johnson show, we, we don't get credit enough. I know we're not. But. I said the team that I thought Dalvin Cook should play for was the New York football Jets. Why? Mm-hmm. Salary cap, they have money. Two, they have a running back coming off injury in Brees Hall. Three, they're contenders, and that's what Dalvin Cook is looking for. Four, he has a connection with some players there, and one of those players tried to recruit him, Sam, but we're going to talk about that. Tyler Coughlin went on Good Morning Football, and he put out his recruitment. Now, this is where I really think this is getting steep. So I, I started it just because we were looking at the salary cap. You and I, you pointed out. The Jets have money. I say, you know what? The Jets have money. They're a contender. They have Aaron Rodgers. I said as a joke, Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook in the same backfield. Packers, Vikings, all with the Jets. But now it's starting to feel like it's Dalvin Cook. Because we know Twitter is real. Twitter is a real place for athletes. Dalvin Cook quote tweeted Tyler Conklin's pitch to get him. He said 100-100, which means 200%. I feel you, bro. So Dalvin Cook does understand what Tyler Conklin is saying. There's room for you in, in New York. There's money for you, but... Will they offer Dalvin Cook enough for him to feel secure in going to the Jets? I would say, look, go be a contender, man. But I do understand because I saw Melvin Gordon, I think, now. He has an article out saying the running back is a dying breed. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not loved or taken care of. I didn't read the whole article, but basically that's what he was getting at. But Dalvin Cook to the Jets. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Well, if you're the Jets, I mean, you don't know. Any time Aaron Rodgers could decide to hang it up, right? After this right. year, he could decide to hang it up. After next year. So you got to take advantage of this Super Bowl window you have with Aaron Rodgers, and you got to pour all of your resources into it this year. I'm 
I was shocked to find out that the Jets had $23 million in cap space. That's plenty to sign Dalvin Cook to what he wants and still have some left over. And now you've got a number one workhorse back in your backfield. Maybe it's just a one-year deal. And then Brees Hall can still be a part of your future, but maybe not put as much stress on that injury. I think it works out great for the Jets. And it's in the AFC, so the Vikings don't have to deal with him. I think that's great. Well, you know what, Sam? With no further ado, it's time to get to Pete Bursage. Let's get to Pete versus because he has a lot to say about the Minnesota Vikings, but also what's next for the Minnesota Vikings. And coming up next on the Hang Around Johnson segment, we got none other than Pete Bursage, Vikings analyst, voice of the Vikings. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Yep, let me just remind folks that FanDuel brings us today's show. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. They're an official partner of Major League Baseball, and you can bet all the Major League Baseball lines, including the Twins at Atlanta tonight. The Braves are favored by, or they're favored minus 140 on the money line after winning last night at minus 190. Braves are red hot, 51 and 27. Can the Twins pull the upset? Bet that and other Major League Baseball games at the easy-to-use FanDuel Sportsbook app. When you win, you get paid instantly, and they've got great promotions going on like the No Sweat First Bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. At the FanDuel Sportsbook app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more and uh, bet with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, now it's time for the Hanging Around Johnson segment. And uh, as promised, Pete Bursage. Pete Bursage is the voice of the Vikings, played for the Minnesota Vikings way back when they wore leather helmets. Uh, he's my <laughs> co-host on Vikings Game Day Live. Uh, love my weeks with Pete because we are together a lot during football season. Uh, so get to catch up with him in the offseason for the first time. We've with The Ron Johnson yeah. Show has been going on for a year now. So thank you to all of our partners, NBC. Thank you to Tegna. Uh, thank you to Locked On. Thank you to SiriusXM. Uh, iHeartMedia, thank you to everybody. Uh, Amazon Fire, we appreciate you guys as well. And then, of course, those watching on YouTube. Uh, but Pete Bursage, so for those that hear him on the radio, uh, hear him uh, make the Buffalo Bills calls, hear him say, no, what are you doing? Uh, this is what Pete Bursage looks like, people. Uh, but Pete Bursage, thank you for joining me on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. Uh, I'm going to jump out there, man. You've been with the Minnesota Vikings forever. Yeah, this forever. will be my 28th season. Total. So forever. So Player, yeah. coach, media member, uh, now voice of the Vikings. Yeah. When you look at the Minnesota Vikings, kind of, I guess we'll call it the stock market. Um, it's all it's, it's some uh, some ups and there's some downs. And now it seems like it's like in a, just a holding pattern because you don't know. Like I think people are high on the coaches, they're high on flow, uh, but people are concerned about some of the players, the, the Justin Jefferson's contract, Kirk Cousins saying I'm waiting till March to sign my deal. Um, the, the young guys are going to have to use like a Caleb Evans uh, and, and, you know, some of these guys that are going to have to start Lewis seen, yeah. maybe trying to find his place in there. Uh, Daniel Hunter, maybe being traded out Dalvin cook now gone, Adam Thielen gone in um, this holding pattern. Uh, where do you see this 2023 season? Do you see it going like maybe nine wins, 10 wins, or do you see it maybe going down to seven wins? Um, it's hard. You know, that part of it, that part of it's hard to say just because um uh, uh, so much in this day and age in this league is about timing, meaning yeah. are you all healthy? And I think we've been able to do that. The guys have stayed healthy. I was amazed last year at how well um, 
the team played against Green Bay in opening day, despite not having a snap, a lot of them not having a single snap in the preseason. Right. Um, but the ability to stay healthy. And then when you play somebody, um, we do know this, that supposedly because we won the division, our, our you know, our, we're going to play more division winners. So our right. schedule probably won't be easier than it was a year ago. Um, but yet you win so many games by one score. Now you go back two seasons, you lost a whole bunch by one score. Um, last year we turned that around and, and won. Was it, was it going to be a nine or 10 round? I think overall it was, you know, some, yeah, like 10 games or almost maybe 11 games. Could have been. With, I mean, it was, some ridiculous yeah, it was ridiculous. And so that means you're on a razor's edge a little bit, right? If you want to just, just project from last year to this year, and then you say, all right, well, we, who have we gained and who have we lost? And, you know, I, I think I look at this year with a lot of key question marks, which we haven't had in a very, very long time. Um, and those those questions need to be need to get answered. A lot of this is youth. Um, a lot of it, you know, this is what the third defense in three seasons that these guys have had to learn. Uh, fortunately, the offense is staying the same. So my expectation would be it might be a rough beginning of the season, but if these guys, if some of these young guys come through, and there's a lot of them, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of them. It's it's a you you lose a name that you recognize in a proven commodity. Um, some of them were on the dissension, and I think that that I agree that they should have been gone. But you lose a guy like let's say Tomlinson, um, you know, uh, and, and so who's going to replace him, right? And you go through that list. You know, and you're like, okay, it's it's going to be, I think, a little bit more more wait and see. Um, if they repeat, if they go thirteen and three, or if they get in the, if they get into the low double digits, I think that'll be a very very good season. Yeah, the Vikings thirteen wins, an NFL record. Eleven of them came in one score games. Eight of yeah. them require Kirk Cousins to engineer a fourth quarter comeback, tying the NFL record for a single quarterback in a season. So Kirk Cousins set the NFL record with eight fourth quarter engineered drives to win the game. So for those saying like Pac-Man Jones, so this is locker room talk because I was on Pat McAfee's show. I don't know if you saw the tweet that came out about Pac-Man Jones, but between you and I, Pete, locker room and between all the listeners, it's not just me and you, but we got a decent amount of listeners, I think. Uh, you know, depending on a couple of videos have hit 13,000 viewers at one point. So this might be one of those because of Pac-Man Jones. But he said Pac-Man Jones said Kirk Cousins has no nuts. Let's be real. I'm going to keep it real with you. I I changed it for the world. It was cojones for everybody else. Like for you, he yeah. said Kirk Cousins has no nuts on the Pat McAfee show. And so right. my response to him, because that was the question to me. He said, if Kirk Cousins, blah, blah, you know, how can he do this? And my response to him is that, like, if you don't have those, in your opinion, which we know what that means, it's tongue in cheek. It's a locker room talk. It's you know you, yeah. you you don't have the balls to make the play. You're scared. You're this. You don't lead eight fourth quarter comebacks if you don't have some type of clutch gene in you. Right. Um. It might not be the way you want it to be, but you have to have something in you. And so, to the people that continue to feel this way about the Vikings, even though they change their pieces, they still have the guy at the gun, and they still have Justin Jefferson. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, let me. I guess let me answer it. Let me answer that that question with another question. In that, um, you take a look. You take a look at the folks that that are you know because you have let's just say he's a divisive quarterback, right? You've got a lot of people that love him and a lot of people that don't. Correct. Um, if you the people that love him seem to look at the numbers, 
Correct. Right. They, they're, they're statistics. They look at the numbers. They say, you know, he's at this many fourth quarter comebacks. Uh, this is many yardage. This is the average rank of his defense. Right. The people that really like Kirk, um, you know, they, they really, I think, dwell on the numbers and the guys that don't, I think, look at him as a personality. Right. So Correct. you look at so many you, you look at so many guys, uh, let's say Brett Favre's of the world. I played with Warren Moon. Right. Mm-hmm. And Warren Moon was I mean, you love the guy. He was just cool. He was just a cool cat. Never, never, you know, was uh, was uh, uh, riddled or upset or worried. I mean, he was just man, he was just, he was cool, right? Yeah. He just wanted to hang out with him, right? You wanted to just, you wanted to be around him. They have a magnetic personality. They lead by that. Those are the folks I think that don't like Kirk, especially the players, because I think players, former players don't, they don't care about numbers, right? right. I mean, some do wide receivers. You guys do, of course, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, as a player, you're, you're, you're not, uh, you're not, the numbers aren't everything. Right. And so they want to they want to look at guys and say, I would, you know, it's like that's the reason why I was terrible in fantasy football when I played, because I wouldn't have a guy on my team I didn't like. <laughs> you know I mean, I don't care how good he was. If I didn't like him, I didn't want him on my team. And so that cost me a lot of wins anyway. So they, I think former players look at it that way and they say, you know, you know what? I want to be in the huddle with that guy. And, you know, it, it's so the haters, I think, have a lot of personality type issues with it right and i think that's so i'm not really answering your question mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i think i understand where that comes from right i think right. Pac-Man jones when he says um you know he doesn't have any cojones or, or to, to use your phrase um it's more to do with you know you look at the data are you going to look at just you know kind of you see how he is you know yeah. what I mean? he's been very very healthy but he doesn't get beat up a lot right Correct. He gets rid of the football. He does those things. He takes care of himself in that respect. So um, you don't see him just, you know, uh, hanging in there and just getting – he does get hit, but he's not taking a beating, right? You had, When's the last game you've seen him just peeling himself off the ground after taking a beating? He's just Correct. not that kind of guy, not that kind of quarterback, and there are goods and bads to it. It's just different style. So, um you know, it is what it is. The guy can make throws that, that very few people in the league can, right? Some of the deep throws, the the outs across the field. Um, you know, I, 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 I laugh about this with like Jimmy Garoppolo and, and people, you know, he's a winner. He's a winner. It's like, yeah, maybe he's a winner, but he only throws the ball between the hash marks, right? He doesn't, right. he doesn't throw any outs or anything like it's just, it's, it's a cousins can do a lot. And you can do, you know, that arm strength is this key. But then on the opposite side, you know, you said, I'm going to wait till March to sign my deal. Well, we got to keep a close eye on that arm strength, because once that arm strength starts to deteriorate on Cousins, that's his game. Right. Not about scrambling. It's not about, you know, option or extending plays with your legs. It's none of that. He sits in the pocket. It's not about escapability, mobility, none of that. It's all about accuracy and arm strength. And once that starts to go, then, you know, then, you know, then we got them. I think we have some, then we, then you're going to have some issues and then that's going to really hurt him when it comes to extension time. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you look at Joe Burrow, um, you look at Patrick Mahomes, uh, you look at a lot of quarterbacks that move in the pocket. Well, even Danny dimes, I guess we'll say Daniel Jones, he moves pretty well in the pocket as well. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, uh, some guys just have it. And I think that's where Pac-Man Jones, and I not think I know because he kind of said it, but that's where Pac-Man Jones was kind of going with it. He was like, you know, Kirk Cousins is boring. 
Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't. And this is the other thing, though. And this right. is this is a little telltale of what he did. Because as we were talking about Kirk Cousins, I brought up like, you know, Kirk Cousins never was loved. He never, you know, it's a lot of like Jay, Jay Gruden liked him, but the owners never truly liked him and the GM. And, you know, so it's like, well, where does that fall? And then when you get to Minnesota, the GM likes you, but the coach doesn't really want you or didn't care to have you didn't, you know, either way. Yeah. And Pac-Man Jones was like, man, Zimmer's a great guy. Like Zimmer, I love it. And I'm like, yeah, Zimmer was a great guy. He was a great defensive coordinator, great coach. But he, we, we can't admit he did not really care for Kirk Cousins. Um, so when Pac-Man quickly defended Zimmer, which even told me more, like you could tell Zimmer didn't like Kirk, yeah, which I is mean, maybe that, why yeah, you. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a Zimmer guy. So Zimmer's guys, if, <laughs> if Zimmer doesn't like Kirk, Zimmer's guys aren't going to like Kirk. And so right. I think that's part of it because Pac-Man kind of, he, like we're playing poker he showed his hand too quick because the minute i went to that he was like no nah, nah, man don't talk about zimmer zimmer's a great guy and i'm like he is <laughs> i'm like but he mentally kind of maybe right not right. kirk cousins down a peg like let's kirk just, cousins let's was just scared to make a mistake in this, in this offense that we have in the offense i think that uh, o'connell's trying to build you 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 need you need a passer like that i mean yes. i'm yes completely. i'm interested to see you know kind of where jared goff kind of falls Ooh. in this category because i think jared goff's the same uh you watched you watched him you watched that lions film i mean he did some really really nice things he makes some really really good throws uh they use him i think perfectly in that style of offense that they have but you talk about a guy that's not exciting to watch <laughs> you talk True. about a guy that when you when you when you look at him he's you're, you're like is he alive is he miserable what's you know let's he has that same look on his yeah. face but and, I think that I'm just saying I think that kind of matches this this style of offense that we have. No, you're right. And Jared Goff, when you look at his numbers, he has Kirk Cousins type numbers. Like he right? does. He's 3,800, 4,600, 4,600 back to back, 4,000, then mm -hmm. 3,200 with the Lions because they ran the ball a ton. And then Dan Campbell says, "Screw this, let's throw it again." 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 100 passer rating. Uh, 65% completion in 2022. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. Jared Goff does have the abilities uh, of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has the abilities of Jared Goff. Just which one this season is going to be unlocked a little bit more? I Honestly, I thought the Lions were going to take the next step, but that six games, maybe he'll appeal and get them taken away. But those six games without Jamison Williams are going to be tough for yep. Jared Goff because he's not going to have that top-off guy that he can just can count on. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Now, when we look at – uh, you know, looking at the Minnesota Vikings, you look at Kevin O'Connell. I had um, uh, this past week, or no, sorry, this week I had uh, the coach on, and and he's he's he uh, uh, Chris Rump, defensive line coach, and he talked about mm -hmm. the defensive line, and he talked about uh, Dean Lowry coming from the Packers. The one thing he said about Dean Lowry is it wasn't so much of skill, but more so of a veteran presence. Like having a veteran presence, he said we're a young room. He said we we have guys that still are learning who they are in this league. He said, but Dean Lowry has been in this league and is really a good veteran presence in his league, in this locker room is going to help us grow. So when you think yeah. about that, you know, sometimes experience can help out a young, hungry core of guys. Um, do you think the Minnesota Vikings with the way this defensive line is, is currently in, and let's leave Daniel Hunter there. He's not traded yet. So Daniel Hunter, maybe they work out a yeah. deal. We, and we all know Daniel's a nice guy. Like that's the thing people forget. Daniel is a nice guy in the end. So he's going to do whatever helps whatever team he's going to go to. So he's not going to want to screw yeah. the Vikings to go to another team that might not work. So he's going to do whatever it takes to help his team. So you put Daniel Hunter on this team. When you look at that defensive line, what, what is this outlook looking like? Because you said Dalvin Thompson gone. With Brian Flores, we know uh, what's his name. Josh Metellus went okay fan and said, chaotic, 
but calm. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff going on, but we all know right. what's going on. Like it's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Like, and it right. remind when he said that reminded me of the Baltimore Ravens with uh, Rex Ryan. You know, Ed Reed yeah. coming up in the box, then running right. back. You got, um, you know, Chris McAllister faking like he's going to cat blitz, and he goes back. And then all of a sudden, ball snap. Ed Reed comes down, covers the tight end. Chris McAllister's back in cover three. Other cornerbacks back in cover three. Mm-hmm. The strong safety is now you're deep, and Ed Reed is free is now you're up. You know, so it's not like you can pick one safety to kind of gauge on. You don't know which one of our safeties is going to create the coverage. Um, and, and it sounds like the way Josh Rantelis is bringing it, you know, a third safety in the game is a big nickel. Now he yeah. can blitz. Now he can cover running backs and tight ends. I mean, there's a lot going on. But how can this defensive line help make that chaoticness still yeah. be within the part of that game where it's like well, you got to keep the quarterback in the pocket. You can't yeah. let him get outside and scramble. X, y, I don't Z. know. I don't know if there's if there's a there's no um let's say let's say it's just magic scheme that does right. that does everything. It's it's really the great defenses and the and the great coordinators they come up with a system that best suits the players that they have. And we've seen it a million times, right? You've got a guy who's a great coordinator. He goes to another team as a head coach, tries to install the same system, doesn't have the same players. And it's tough, right? It's, you know, as a coordinator, as a defensive coach, you want to run a blitz because it's open. Um, But if the guy you're sending is not going to get the job done, then you've got a problem. That's what, that's where guys like, let's say, um, Anthony Barr was so valuable yeah. because yep. you knew if if you could blitz Anthony Barr and get the running back to pick him up in protection, which just all that means is that you just figure out which way the center turns, depending on where the running back is. Usually they turn away from each other yep. or whatever. Yep. You just send him to that side and let him go. And if you get that one-on-one block, he is going to win it 95% of the time. Yep. That's the kind of play, you know, those are the kinds of players that you need. So it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be unbelievably complicated. It just needs to be sound. And you got to have the right people to execute it. Right. So there's a feeling out period, I think. Now with the D line group, um, you know, that's the group. I think you lose Zadarius Smith and mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith, if anything, brought a lot of attitude. He played when he was nicked up. Um, you know, you probably, I'm sure you talked to him. He's just a big presence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, whether voice, or not yep. he got along with everybody, I don't know any of that. And it doesn't matter to me, but that was a tough dude, man. Right. He, he, I mean, the guy had some attitude Yeah, and that defense needed that. Correct. Right. You needed that. And so you, I think the loss, the, just the loss of his presence and what he can do, um, is, you know, he was the perfect three, four outside linebacker base right. downs. He would he would beat up any tight end that tried to block him. You could put two tight ends on him. He'd still beat him up. But then on third down, he was an interior pass rusher. He wasn't the best defensive end. Right. So, you know, that's why, you know, that's why you brought in DJ Wanham and you had Zedarius and let Zedarius just pick on the, whatever guard you wanted him one-on-one. Same thing. You get the center to turn the other way. Then you got Zedarius one-on-one with the guard in space and you get a win, you know, 60% of the time, 70% of the time. Do we, you know, so losing him, that's, you know, that's, that's big. I think the loss of Zedarius is big. And and also with Tomlinson, uh, Dean Lowry is a very, very strong guy. And I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's played in this type of scheme. And don't forget now, we don't know exactly what defensive scheme we're going to get. Correct. Uh, because Flores was never a defensive coordinator in New England. He was a signal caller, but we all right. know they have a system there and he called within that. Now his next step was being a head coach. 
Now, and I can't remember his defensive coordinator who was in Miami for him with him, um, but he also came from New England. So you assume that the defense he ran as a head coach is kind of what we're going to see here, which is a little more bare front. It's not quite the true three, four that we saw last year out of Denver. Um, more man to man, that kind of thing. You assume that, but we don't know. Neither do opposing offenses. So you kind of have that, you know, kind of have that going for you as well. So judging by, you know, uh, Byron Murphy signing a cornerback, yeah, we're going to play a little bit more man-to-man because that's what Murphy does. He does that very, very well. Uh, but that defensive front, and the other thing in this day and age, you got to have, if you're going to play three, four, you got to have six guys up front. Six, right. because you got to rotate them. You know, and, you know, do we have, do we have the guy that's going to consistently, um, you know, beat an offensive lineman one-on-one you know I don't know if we have that guy yet so it's it's going to be tough to to play I think a true three four with this front yeah and the guy you're talking about was uh Graham he was uh he followed him from uh Patrick Graham was with the Patriots yep uh through the Super Bowl runs and he got a shot at the Giants like you said everybody kept trying to get him in like hey come help our defense out so he went to the Giants and he went to the Packers in 2018 uh to help with their run game uh, and then he went to the Dolphins as defensive coordinator with Brian Flores because, of course, mm-hmm. like you said, they had that, that connection with the Patriots. And he's like, you know, hey, can you come help me put this defense in that Bill Belichick ran? And I think Coach said it the best, uh, Chris Rump. He said everybody uh, wants to put people in places, but sometimes you can't put people in places they don't actually work. So, right, right. He, you know, he said basically said, you know, he's looking forward to Flo's uh, defense. You know, he said him – uh, DJ, all the coaches, you know, he said their job is to take what Brian Flores is expecting and then get their guys to yeah. do it. And they all do it separately. They all are on the field together. He said, he said, he said, I love this. What he said too. He said, we're in shorts and helmets right now. He said, we really don't have any idea what we're going to look like. So he said, mm-hmm. it sounds great. And, and, and he's basically talking about Josh Metellus, you know, Josh Metellus is loving it right now, mm-hmm. but it, you know, from a defensive back standpoint, you can love it because you're just running around like a crazy person can, you know, trying to confuse Kirk. Um, right. Cause I did hear like in a two minute drill, Sam told me it's a two minute drill to drive at a mini camp to win the game. Kirk cousins, I think threw a pick in the very first play. Oh, no. second play yeah to the linebacker because it was you confused. Know, and, and here's the, the, this is a funny thing too is um you talk about coaches and infighting right and, yep. and this happens this happens all the time and during training camp because you want someone you, you know offense either offense wins or defense wins and correct every once in a while a defense you know you'll just sneak in a blitz right you'll just <laughs> you'll just install one that you're not really supposed to have in yet, right you know yep. what i mean and then the offensive coaches get all PO'd because, or you're, or you're in a, a period where you're not supposed to blitz and you do. Right. And yep. Defensively, you're like, well, it's not really a blitz. It's kind <laughs> of a block blitz, you know? So, and, and so the, whatever happens in training camp, as far as, you know, again, there's no magic formula. There's right. no, there's no blitz that offenses haven't seen. They've Correct. Seen everything's, everything, it's like in the Bible, right? There's right. nothing new under the sun. I'll right. say Kirk was surprised. The linebacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing he thought the linebacker had rushed. So mm-hmm. he threw it to the check down and the linebacker was standing there. Yeah. So he confusion. might have got, you know, he was either surprised or got lazy. Just assumed, yeah. The assumed the linebacker came and... with everybody else that came right. and nope, linebacker right. dropped back. But that's the cool thing about Brian Flores' defense is like, 
from what Josh Metellus is saying, you don't know who's going to be that guy. You don't right. know who's going to come. We're all going to come up there every once in a while. We're all going to move around. So, and, and, you know, I love talking about that type of defense. I love the Patriots. I love the Ravens. I loved how they did that. You know, Rex Ryan with the Jets, with Bart Scott, they tried to do it a little bit when they were actually good and they beat the Patriots to go to the, to the playoffs. I, I love that defense. I hate it as an offensive guy because if I have to pick up the hot, if I'm the hot route, I don't even know who I'm hot off of anymore because I'm like, Who's the mic? You know, like who, <laughs> right. who am I counting off of? Because all right. eight of these guys are at the line of scrimmage. So right. change the play, man. Like I, right. I don't and even know not, who the hot route is. And that's a good point because you're not looking to you don't see a lot of in the NFL, you very rarely see a free blitzer. Correct. Right? Very rarely yep. do you see a guy. All you're trying to do is to get those guys up front to pause or hesitate for just a fraction of a second. Yep. That's just it. to make them a little unsure. That's and that's all you want. And then you can get an edge, and that's going to give you an advantage getting to the quarterback. So, all that moving around and all those different things that you do is 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 just it. Some of it's window dressing, uh, but the whole goal is just just like you said. Do I have? Is that the mic or is this right? The mic? Yeah. You know, which, <laughs> you know, and then the ball snapped, and you're like, oh, you know, oh no. And yeah. thank God, you know, thank God I went the other way. Woo. That's oh. what people never understood. And I grew Woo. up in this, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You remember this, the Pittsburgh Steelers with Greg Lloyd. They all wore 97, Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd, yeah. all front seven wore 97 numbers <laughs> because they thought, you know what? We can confuse the quarterback because if he makes 97, the mic, then he changed yep. it to 99. If we're all coming, the line is going to get confused because they're like, wait, which number is this 97? Who is this? Right. You know, versus a 54, right. it's kind of a little bit easier. So I do remember those Pittsburgh Steelers days when they did that. And when those guys were all the, built the same, right? They were. They, they all were, stood they up. They, they like, all were tall. Like fire plugs. You're, yep. You know what I mean? So you can't, you can't they all look, look the same. The, you can't just look and say, well, the, the guy that's, you know, six foot two, you know, 195, he's the safety. So I know right. that uh, they're, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They all that front seven and plus the subs that want 90, I think it was 90 to 99. All those guys were besides the two, uh, the the two nose guards were all pretty similar. Like they all stood up tall, like Greg Lloyd kept, like Kevin Green was a ridiculous looking man. Like he just, he looked scary. Like I couldn't imagine having to block him. (laughs) I remember meeting him for the first time. My dad took me to, to like a Steelers thing. I was like, I don't like, and I was in high school. I'm like, how? Like, this is a growth, like how do, as a, like as a kid, I'm like, and then of course I get to the NFL and I'm like, okay, this is kind of normal. Like there's some giants out here, yeah. Julius Peppers and, I you know, know. but there's at that time freaks, as a man. kid, I had never seen a man that big and cut up, yeah. you know, and just from lifting weights and, move, and it can run, like move. Yeah. Freaks. Like it was just like, man, this is scary. And the long and I, it, hair and the long yep. hair before it was you know, normal. <clears throat> before it was a thing. Yeah. Before yeah. it like, cause now all of a sudden all the, uh, the clay brothers and all that Matthews right. and. Yeah, they uh they all do it now. But so last quick before we get through a yeah. quick question though, Ron, was it you have to you know then you look and you say all those names? It's like okay, so was it the scheme, or was it the players? Could you and I have gone in there and, and put together a half, uh, you know, a pretty decent defense with that crew? With the Steelers? You know I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with your defensive knowledge, <clears throat> with your defensive knowledge, that front seven. Yes, because I can control the back end. And basically, you just got to tell me where you're blitzing or who's going. Right. And then I'm going to basically run like a two-man. That's all the Steelers did. The Steelers ran two. I mean, think about the Dallas Cowboys. I'll never get the Dallas uh, Cowboys-Steelers game with Neil O'Donnell. Because, again, growing up a Steelers guy. Mm -hmm. Neil O'Donnell, remember he made those two errors where he threw it to nobody over there. I think he had money on the game. But the Cowboys just did what the Steelers did. They're like, look, we're going to blitz you and then just play a two-shell. 
And then there's nobody and, yeah. threatening me as a corner. I'm going to sit out here and act like I'm covering nobody. But, yes, I have the flat hook. And if you, know, you don't send a flat, I'm, one, I can sneak. One other thing, too. Uh, Dixon Edwards, who was with the Cowboys, won a couple Super Bowls and then came with us. His, you know, his thing when he got here was he's just like how simple that their scheme was. All right. They play a lot of cover eight and they just, it was just very, very simple. Right. They made some tweaks here and there. Um, but when I was with George O'Leary, I remember him always saying, the better your players, the thinner your playbook. Right. If you have the right players and some very good players, you don't need a lot of window dressing. You don't need a lot of fancy things. Um, so, you know, that that's I think that's kind of the most underrated or overlooked part of of coaching is that you could have an eight and eight team. Well, eight, you know, nine and eight team, let's call it nowadays, or a 500 type football team and an average defense. But that coordinator on offense or defense, whatever, could have done the absolute most and got the absolute most out of every single one yeah. of those guys on the field. True. And so, you know, that's why coach of the years and all that stuff. Sometimes that sh- that should go to that should go to some guys that have won- that only won nine, you know, eight or nine games because they're right. making they're they're making chicken salad out of chicken you know what right Right. they're 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 getting the absolute best out of the guys that they have and so uh you know like i said we talked a little bit about defensively what you have and if this defense last year with the names that we had now yeah we were what 31st we ended up 31st 30th somewhere right at the bottom yep if we get in the top 15 right around 15 or top half of this league defensively that's one hell of a job by the defensive coaching staff. So, you know, good news is you can really can't go down much further. You can really only go up, right? But bad news is is that's a long, that's a long, long way. Um, but we'll see. You know, yeah, I mean, the crazy stat that I saw 2002 would have been my senior year, 2001. Ed Reed's Miami defense with the Miami Hurricanes, if their offense never scored that season. They would have still went eight and four. <laughs> if their right. offense never scored right. that season, they would have went eight and four because right. their defense not only scored but shut other teams right. down with some of the most ridiculous. So like Ed Reed stole the ball from his defensive lineman and right. scored. Uh, Sean Taylor took one from a guy. Mike Rump took one off of a tip. Right. I mean, it was just like now I'm think, like now. Now think about this, Ron. If you're the offensive coordinator for Miami that year. Why not right. just run the veer option and just keep getting first downs? Right. Why you got to run do the clock out? When you yeah. have a defense like that, just don't turn it over. Yeah, true. Just hand it, you know, just run the veer option, some safe stuff. And if you got a punt, who cares? Just punt. Right. Right. Doesn't true. Matter. No, that's. I mean, that's what's crazy. Ooh. Like I, when I saw that, I'm like eight and four because they had so many goose egg <laughs> games where they were stopping teams. They were only getting field goals, and then they were scoring touchdowns yeah. on defense. It's like hey, two you know field what? goals you, and a touchdown. You and I might have that in common in this respect. I played, I played for the Vikings when we were, you know, when they were very, very good, but we were known for our offense, right? You played yep. Pittsburgh that's known for the defense. Ravens. Yeah. Ravens or Ravens. And, you yep. know, known for the defense. For the yep. we were all defense. Yeah. For we defense, threw the ball right? 10 times against right? the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Now yep. had you been on the Vikings offense and I was on the Ravens defense, man, maybe that would have been better. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, for sure. Whatever. Oh, for sure. I mean, I look at like Nate Burleson. You know, guys like that that came to the Vikings or, you know, um, you know, Sidney Rice and some like when mm-hmm. you're in an offense that's going to throw the ball 35 times a game, 
you're going to get opportunities. That's a good um, point. I was talking to Todd Heap about this because uh, me and Todd caught up and we talked about the Jamal Lewis game because and a lot of Vikings or sorry, Ravens talk about it because of the Vikings. You know, Adrian Peterson ran for 296. Jamal yeah. Lewis ran for 295. So a lot of Ravens guys talk about that with like, that's BS. He should have ran. Give him 300 yards. Go for 300, coach. Don't, don't stop at 296. <laughs> but that game, we were all a part of it. And it was like history. But we thought back. We're like, man, Kyle Bowler won. Billick didn't trust Kyle Bowler. Mm-hmm. Only threw the ball 10 times and none of the passes were longer than 15 yards. He threw yeah. he threw me a hitch. He threw Todd Heap two like um tight end pop passes because it was a hot, you know, like a whatever, too many guys in the box. So yeah. he checked it and just threw a pop pass. He threw a slant and then he threw like two phases that were incomplete. That was it. Like, other than that, Billick was like, Man, look, we're gonna run the ball because my defense is killing it today. And so and and, and I get it because Brian had won the same time, same way with the Super Bowl run, you know, that year. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Right. Trent Dilfer didn't do much. It was and like, you know don't what's, turn the ball over. Along those lines, too, think about this way. Gruden goes and wins a Super Bowl with Tampa, right? Yep. He was an offensive coach, but when he was there, his defense was unbelievable. Billick, great offensive coordinator. And I think it, it's a lot of those guys have that. I think they have that in common where they got the absolute most that they could out of that side of the football and just let the let the other side of the football win for him. So a lot, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's it's not like Billick went down to Baltimore and just became the greatest offense. He ran the 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 score most scoring the highest scoring offense in the history of the NFL with the '98 Vikings. Correct. And he goes to a defensive dominated team and gets the absolute most that he possibly can out of that offense. Yep. And. You know, so sometimes it works that way. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I, I'll never get Brian. Uh, Ray Lewis told Brian one day, like, Brian, just don't screw it up. <laughs> like, that's right. That's what he would say. And he called him by his first name because, like, when you <laughs> when you got that much money, man, if uh, you're that, you know, think about it, if you're that good. Hey, you know, I was never I was never I was never good enough to show up late or call coaches by their first name. He would he would yell it out from the bench. Hey, Brian, <laughs> just don't screw it up. I got this. And he would, he would, he would look up. I would see him grab the phone. He'd tell Rex Ryan something. <laughs> Rex Ryan would, you know, switch it up. And then all of a sudden, you just see the defense just like Ed Reed would, him and Ed Reed would start talking. And they, we seen this mm-hmm. on film, blah, blah. And then he would come off the field after a punt and just say, Brian, don't mess it up. Just, don't just get us it. down there. Just keep changing the field. And eventually it worked. Like Jamal would score. And so, yeah, but the Minnesota Vikings are the team we're talking about. The Minnesota Vikings, I'm Ron Johnson's Pete Bursage. Looking forward to the 2023 season. Pete Bursage has not made his prediction yet. I know. At training camp, first preseason game, we're all going to sit down at that desk, Vikings game day live, and we're all going to give our predictions <laughs> on who's going to be the NFC North and the AFC North champions. Yeah. We'll see what this offseason does because there's a lot of trades still happening. But I'm Ron Johnson at Pete, Pete Bursage. I want to thank you for joining me on the Hanging Ron Johnson segment. Up next, we've got the Daily Three. That's three questions, probably 30 seconds each because me and Pete ran long, but definitely love talking to Pete. XM Radio has a word for you coming up next. Well, remember, people, you can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just go to the SXM app. It's a 6.40 p.m. game, people. You got to check out the Twins on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Also, search Locked On Sports Minnesota because you can have our podcast as well on the SXM app because Locked On Sports is a proud partner with Sirius XM. Well, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra Sam. Pete Bursage, man, he dropped a lot of nuggets. Really loved the things he had to say about the Minnesota Vikings and what's next. But we don't have enough time for a daily three today. I would have said one second each, but that wouldn't be good. We'll be back tomorrow, though, because Coach Chris Rump, D-line coach, that's 
the Neil Hunter's coach people is going to join us on the hang, hanging around Johnson segment. That's the D line. That's the guy to get up to the quarterback. That's Kevin O'Connell's guy he bought in. He's going to talk a little bit about Ed Donatel. The difference is Ed Donatel and Brian Flores. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Maxim. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great one.